From Conflict to Safety, a Beat News documentary. In part two of From Conflict to Safety, I met with Aoife Dalton from Wexford, who is well known in the gymnastics community, and it's through their sporting community that she put herself forward to help a Ukrainian family of three. So Aoife, you have a young family of your own and you have decided to take in a Ukrainian family. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so I suppose like everybody, I was glued to the news when it first started. Like, couldn't, didn't have a minute in my day, but was finding minutes to <laughs> watch the news all the time. And I think it just felt so bad for them, as like I think half of the country does, or the whole country does, and people all over the world do. I suppose putting myself in their position, how would I feel? And you know yourself, everyone's kind of done it. We had the room, you know, we had a um, a large room. Now, my son was in it, but he kind of sleeps in with us because he's three, so he wasn't really using it. But it is only a two-bedroom house. And as you said, like, you have a young child as well, so that's a big risk for you to take, mm. to, to take a family in with a young family. How, how did you feel initially? Like, were you worried? Obviously, you felt like you were helping them as well, but were there, were there any kind of doubts in your mind as well? Uh, no, the opposite, really, I suppose. I thought it would be really good for Jacob because he's on his own. So he's just, um, he's three and a half now. I never really thought negatively about it at all. And maybe that was really naive. But <laughs> um, I just genuinely thought this would be really good for him as well. And then I suppose initially I didn't go through the Red Cross. I put my name down on the Ukrainian Gymnastics Federation. So that's how it all came about. And Katja had texted me so... I just knew through the text that she was a really good, lovely person. Like, I know that sounds mad. <laughs> Maybe, again, a bit naive. But I just got that impression off her straight away. So it was a case of, this is going to be brilliant for Jacob. Because she has a little boy, he's four, and Jacob's three and a half. So they're mad about each other. And there's another little girl as well? Yeah, Mila. She's nine. She's the gymnast. So tell us how you've gotten to know this family. Like, have you spoken to them about the trauma that they have experienced on their way over to Ireland? Um, a little bit. Um, you're kind of advised to not bring it up. and if, But if they want to talk about it, to talk about it. So every now and again, I will ask, like, kind of how her husband is and how things are over there without going into too much detail. And sometimes she wants to talk about it and other times she doesn't. But, yeah, I think going down the policy of letting them mention it first if they want to. How have the children settled in? Like, obviously, they're missing their dad. You know, they're, it's hard on their mum. How, how are things from that perspective? I think they've settled in really well, but I think it's nearly... It mightn't be the case for everybody. Like, Mila be really social. Like, she's nine, super social. I'd say she's kind of good at everything, so she just fits in really well. Um, and she came with a little bit of English, but now her English is good. You know, she's, they're here two and a half months about. She did a little bit of school in, in Ballandagan, but her English just came on like a house on fire, like just so fast. Um, and the little fella had not a word of English, or he's only four, but he does have a bit of English now. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> he just come out with these words that he's after picking up from Jacob. And Jacob, initially, um, the two of them would be playing, and Jacob would be talking to him in English, and he'd be talking in Russian, and they'd be just chatting heads with each other. Like, you know, for kids, it's no bother. So, yeah, he yeah, they just fit in brilliantly. I'm sure and they missed their dad now, sorry, just to say. <laughs> of course. What is the plan going forward for you, your little family, and your little Ukrainian family as well now? Um, we kind of said initially when she was coming, 
um, if we could have her set up that you know she could find something or somewhere I don't really know what in six months so she's kind of here two and a half months we haven't done anything about it so we just kind of said we'd let them get settled in and then look towards the future they obviously can't live with us forever probably something we'll revisit maybe after the summer what advice would you offer those who are thinking about taking in Ukrainian refugees I suppose everybody's situation is very different. If you have the room, it's definitely a good start. <laughs> well, you have to have the room. Um, also, I think you would definitely have to be happy to do it. Like, I think if you're on the fence about it and then you're having to share your kitchen and do stuff like that, like, it's not going to end well. So you have to have the room, have enough compassion that you're happy to do it. It is costly in your time, not hugely, but a little bit. If you have those things and you really want to help, then absolutely go for it. It's been a positive experience for us and really positive for my little boy. After speaking with Aoife about how the children have settled in, I decided to get more information about how the Ukrainian refugee children were finding the transition into schools. And so Vicky Barron, principal of the CBS Primary School Wexford, gives us some insight. So the first thing I will say is that all schools are noticing that the children and the families that are coming in, the gratitude is unbelievable, that they have a safe space. What we have all noticed is that loud bangs or fire alarms or anything like that cause immense distress immediately. So we would have had um, a car backfire or a loud noise and two children who were enrolling outside our office literally dived under the table. The parents apologised for that reaction, but that was directly because they thought it was a bang. The reaction is loud noises, duck for cover. And for us, it was quite stark to see how real that trauma is. Um, And again, other schools are reporting the same thing because we're looking for ways to help these children. Um, For example, I was on yard duty and one of our Ukrainian children, we we allowed them to draw because we were told an easy way to support children to um, mitigate stress and any trauma that they may have experienced would be to allow them to draw because they can process. They can't talk, they can't do anything like that to communicate as well, but they can draw. So on yard duty, um, one day I noticed one of our little boys was drawing with chalk on the tarmac. And as I stepped back, I was wondering what he was actually drawing because there were lines that were going on forever and circles that were going on forever. So when you're on the ground in the flat, you can't see it. You actually have to take a step. And I got a knock on the window and our staff room is on the first floor. There were two members of staff looking and they were pointing. And I, I didn't know what they were pointing at. So I moved back and back and back and I was looking and saying, what is this? And then when you actually get up on the steps and you look down, you see a 60 foot plane across our yard. You see circles within circles and you see targets. You see crosses, you see coffin shapes. And when you're looking down, you can't really see this, but this is what this child was drawing. And then the other Ukrainian children came and they drew. And this went on. We asked for advice and they said, let them draw. So we did. We let them draw. And after a while, the planes stopped being so big. The targets stopped being so big. The coffin started disappearing. And as time progressed, it turned into games like Pac-Man, Hopscotch, Knots and Crosses. So while we can't say that their trauma has been processed. What we're seeing now is that children are trying to integrate more and they're playing. There's a sense of play. So our biggest thing at the moment is to help them communicate with their peers, give them a sense of safety and to let them play. Have you or any of the other teachers experienced any racism in the classroom towards the Ukrainian refugees? No. Genuinely what I see is um, boys and girls welcoming of new boys and girls. Um, trying to help them settle in, try to teach them the words, try to teach them how to play. Um, again, we had guidance on how to talk about war from NIPS, which we all availed of and we spoke. The children wouldn't have, the Irish children um, wouldn't have the language in Ukrainian or Russian to ask questions, but they draw 
and they draw with them. So what you have is lots of children drawing side by side and you have our Ukrainian children pointing and they can draw things and the Irish children are drawing things and between all of them they are learning how to communicate. But again, it's the supports with the EAL um, is, is really helping children to communicate. As regards, have I seen any evidence? No, but I am really disappointed with the adult population of Ireland and the trial by public media, by social media um, and saying there isn't enough for the Irish people. Why, why are we giving everything to the Ukrainian people? We're not. And I think really that children learn from their primary educators. So if the household is biased, unconscious or otherwise, that is going to come out in the children. And that is one thing that we all need to be open to. And that's not just about Ukrainian children. Being a white majority in a white majority country, you cannot know how ethnic minorities or anybody else who isn't from this country experiences life. So until you've walked a mile in their shoes, you don't know what it's like. So be open. Be honest and be ready to listen to their lived experience of our country because it isn't as rosy as we think it is. If you would like to listen back to this radio documentary from Conflict to Safety, visit beat102103.com forward slash podcasts.